Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions Steve Dash, Rinko Levers. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Wrong and Wronger, the podcast where just before we start to record, one of the hosts tries to trap the other host. With a semi-rhetorical question somewhat akin to, do these jeans make my butt look fat? And James, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I merely asked if you were as happy and excited to be here today as I am. I'm sorry that you can't rise to my natural level of chipperness. That's on you and your dark black soul. Uh, so that's the way you worded the question? Perhaps I misheard through the magic of cellular service. I think you hear what you want to hear. I mean, if there's one lesson I've learned through 900 episodes of this podcast, you definitely are a selective listener, which, again, in certain contexts like marriage is great. But on a podcast, I need a, a higher level of accountability than that. Did you ever play the telephone game in like third grade, James? Oh, of course. And uh, you are an entire chain of eight-year-olds wrapped up into one person, an adult who should know better. I'm just going to leave that right there, and you know what I'm talking about. Nobody in all of history has known what you're talking about, but that's what makes this podcast fun. (laughs) One person making sense and one person just launching gibberish out into the the ether, and uh, and that's you. We we all have a role, Steve, and I appreciate you filling out that niche for for the listeners. Ah, well, I don't know what medical calamities have befallen you this past week, but uh, we, we, our production meeting was seriously, you just uh, throwing a question out about whether I'm delighted to talk to you today. <laughs> I, I don't even know how to answer that kind of question. But uh, usually we at least kind of assemble a game plan for what we're going to talk about. So I, I, I have a topic in mind. But I don't know if you have a more pressing topic in mind. Well, I mean, by default, everything in my life is more pressing than something from your life, which is which is not my life. <laughs> I mean, I am the center of the universe and the main character of the Internet, obviously. But beyond that, I think uh, in my grace and wisdom and unlimited altruism, I will defer to your topic. Unlimited altruism. Because I just, I just feel like maybe people want to hear you talk for once, if only so they can better appreciate when I talk in the future. Does altruism <laughs> typically have limits? I don't know. I don't know if those two words fit together exactly, but you are the English major, so you ought to know. But I was wondering, James, because we, we, we took the show outside here today thinking we might be able to catch a couple of turkeys wandering around or at least hear them gobble in the background because it is mating season. And Mrs. Steve and I have been fascinated for the last two weeks watching the, the dance of sugar plum idiots out <laughs> here on the ranch. But it made me... We have two males that we see most often... One of them we call Major Tom because he has a whole harem following him around. And the other one I call Romeo. And he makes me sad when I watch him. He he wanders alone and gobbles at like empty space trying to attract a female. And it made me 
wonder if you relate to that or I, I know your dating history was mostly just you and video games until Mrs. Breakwell came along and decided that you were going to get married. But how was your dating life in high school, James? Were you a bit of a ladies' man or were you absolutely just gobbling at cedar trees? Well, first, I mean, there's there's 9,000 different things I need to address from what you just said. Uh, first of all, when you <laughs> when you started off that sentence, it's 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 dating season, and Mrs. Steve and I, I, I gotta say, I was a little concerned. I'm glad you, I'm glad you pivoted back to the turkeys. Uh, Major Tom in the song, in fact, in the series of songs from different artists that are somehow yeah. interlocked in the Major Tom universe, like he flies yeah. off into space and either dies or gets sucked into a singularity and is still floating out there somewhere. Major Tom does not have, have a harem, let alone a harem of turkeys. And finally, Romeo, for all of his patheticness, does get laid, as we all learned in that uh, like 1960s <laughs> version of Romeo and Juliet that has nudity and Just teachers, like teachers would show in school. Juliet. Which, by the way, like they raised the, uh, the statute of limitations on... Uh, on sexual harassment claims or something that effect in California. And the did you ever see the, the, the classic Romeo and Juliet that everybody used to watch in high school? Now, I know you went to high school in the Stone Age, but even you might have seen this one in high school. Do you know what, what I'm talking about? I, I read it in college uh, because it had just been written. So... <laughs> Okay. I did not. I did not see any of the movies. Anyway, it's it, it kind of nudity is kind of unnecessary in all movies, and I I say that not as a prude, but as <gasps> just I mean, just in general, like you can like if two people kiss, you can cut away. You get the idea. Like you don't need like ninety five minutes of dry humping in the middle, especially if your parents walk <laughs> into the room or your kids or whoever else. It just makes things things awkward. Anyway, there was definitely uh, random nudity in Romeo and Juliet, and uh, now the actors who were in that they were like 16 or 17 at the time they were underage uh they're saying they are pressured into it and they're suing for 90 bajillion dollars so uh we're, we're, you know this an interesting little tidbit there anyway back to me which is i know what hmm. we're all here for and by all i mean me uh my dating life in high school um I went to the same school, third grade through, well, with the same group of kids, third grade through eighth grade, and then we all went to the same Catholic high school. There were a few kids added, but more or less the same core group of kids, third grade through my senior year in high school. So uh, the ladies had seen what I had to offer and were not interested. <laughs> By the time dating became a thing, they had uh, they had assessed my uh, my pros and cons, and the cons column was very long. It did not stop me from trying. I had a I had a date to every dance. Sometimes I had to preface it with, "Do you want to just go as friends?" And that guy. In fact, I might have prefaced it every time. But every date where the guys asked the girls, I always always had a date, no matter how many tries it took. However, for oh, the, the Sadie Hawkins uh, dance, which is where yeah. the girls would ask the guys, I never yeah, once had yeah. a date, and you can take that data set for what it's worth. <laughs> that is awesome. Now, what were the pros on that? I realized the cons list was long and distinguished, but the pro list had to have something so that you didn't have to go with your cousin to the dance every time. Oh, my my cousins were, were many hundreds of miles away. They, I was safe from that possibility. <laughs> and also, this is Illinois. We, 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 we didn't do that kind of thing there. But the, uh, the pro column, I don't know, what did I have going for me? I was... Uh, 
I was tall. I was like 6'2 by the time I was Ooh. a freshman, so I had that going. Mind you, I was Are six- you serious? Yeah, yeah, I grew more. Oh, I, I finished growing between 8th grade and my freshman year. I was I was 6'2, 140 Jeez. pounds. So like oh, <laughs> I can't even imagine. I'm I'm uh, I weighed in this morning and I'm approximately 40 pounds heavier than that at the same height. So I don't uh, I don't quite know how I was alive. So I had that going for me. I had uh, I had good grades, which I I don't know that the ladies are into, but if they needed a study partner, hey, I was I, sure. I, yeah, that um uh, that that was it. I I I was there. I had that going for me. I mean, it was a very limited pool of boys, so <laughs> <laughs> They could, I mean, granted, they could choose to go with no one, which most of them did over going with me. But yeah, I, I existed as an option. So that's that's really all that was in the pro column. <laughs> I existed as an yeah, option. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's an honor just to be nominated, yeah, right? Yeah, there you go. You got to gotta be in the running. So, uh, hey, you know what? I'll be darned. I, I, got, uh, I got really good at dealing with rejection. I was not afraid to put myself out there, which, you know, that's sure. actually a, a fairly useful life skill. And if my, my failed dating in high school taught me anything, it was that. It's like, hey, if you get knocked down and you get back up, you're ready to get, you know, knocked down again and again and again. I <laughs> just You just get really good at being knocked down. I mean, I think there was supposed to be some other lesson about like eventually succeeding but that's not what i got i mean i'm i'm in the publishing industry now i just i just mastered the getting knocked down so uh so there you go like like a bowling pin i'm the bowling pin of life oh okay okay no we can go with that that's good yeah we need a t-shirt that says that (laughs) now i i realize i'm catching you completely flat foot with this topic but did you ever have like a just over the top 80s movie kind of bad rejection from a girl where there was no salvaging dignity you just had to kind of walk it back and go on with your life you know i i don't think i did there was again it was it was a limited pool of guys but by the flip side there was a limited pool of girls so you really there weren't Uh, a lot you know some we you know been friends forever and weren't really viable options and some were dating other people so realistically like there are like five or six people you can ask out i mean it's a pretty when you when you really factor in the social dynamics it's a pretty limited uh pool so there was somebody actually you know what i there's one worse than this. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I'll go. I'll go. I'll go one level of humiliation lower. I've got a better one for you. So the the first girl I went to my first dance with, I want to say, she either switched to the public school that year or the year after. So I'm not sure. Not positive if she was going to our school at that time, but she had gone okay. to it for forever. She lived up the street from me, like a block, which I did didn't realize because I was just not very self-aware. I was just looking for somebody who would not have a better reason to say no. And so I asked her to the the dance. And uh, again, I probably used the just as friends line. I don't think I was interested in her romantically, but I was interested in not being the guy who showed up alone. So I went there and uh, I remember for the first dance pictures, we're standing in front of the fireplace and I've got my corsage or the guy does the guy wear the corsage or the girl wear the corsage there's two flowers they have two different terms anyway we've got our flowers on we're all dressed up we're standing in front of the fireplace with an awkward space between us and i remember going like do you do you, they, for the holy spirit and her yeah. dad um it, it was going to take a picture of us and i was like do you want me to put my arm around her or something and he later told my parents he's like i just wanted to yell no <laughs> just to freak me out because apparently i was just standing there terrified of this whole thing but anyway uh the reason this is 
humiliating is I went on one date with her ever, and uh, now she is a lesbian and married to a woman. So that probably had something to do with me. All it took, all it took was one date, one date for her to realize who she really was, and who she really was was somebody who was not interested in men at all. And uh, I like to think I had something to do with that uh, that self actualization right there. Maybe you ruined her for all other men. Yeah. She thought, I can never go above this level, so I, I might as well just stop trying. And, you know, I can't tell you another thing about that night. You know, we have childhood is a long time. There's a lot of days yeah. and a lot of nights in there. And all I can tell you about that is standing in front of the fireplace. That's all I remember from that night. And I wonder if I even remember that or if i only remember it because her dad went to my mom and made fun of me like maybe that's maybe that's i'm just like recreating a memory from that who knows man i just uh i don't know she's that, that girl's very happy today she's living a great life out there she has a partner they've got everything they wanted and so i'd, I'd like to think maybe i just I, I pushed her in the right direction i was the missing piece she needed for her to figure out what she didn't want so she could be happy for the rest of her life Oh, it's so good when the parents can get involved, too, so that yeah. your soul-crushing humiliation gets spread at Thanksgiving dinner the next year. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, man, I, but I mean, I, I got better at that eventually. You put, I, I did get, you, you go in there, you put your arm around your just-for-friends date, and you take your picture, and then you move on. Actually, I think I took the... I think I took the same girl to prom both years, but we weren't even close to Ooh. dating. We were the opposite of dating. Um, yeah, I just, well. I had, I, I took, I, again, it was like, it was the same pool of probably six or eight girls who I kind of just rotated through. It's like, ah, I guess it's your turn. And I could just see the disappointment <laughs> in their eyes, but nobody else had asked them yet. So they went with me and, and that was that. But this is, this is a lot of talk about me and my, uh, my lack of success and everything. What about you, Steve? Uh. I've, I've seen that hair. Were you, uh, were you the ladies man back in the day? You know, I wasn't until the hair came into play. Really? <laughs> yeah. When So all through my childhood, now I, I was a kid in the 70s when everyone had long hair, all the guys did, mm -hmm. and my mother would never let me have long hair. Like I would have to get super short, not quite army kind of haircuts, but really short. And it was horrifying to me to have to get those haircuts, and I hated it all the time. And then to amp it up a level my mother started cutting my hair herself and so it was like now she gets the sadistic pleasure of putting me into this situation socially but when I was a junior in high school I grew my hair along and it was like a switch turned on I don't know what it was maybe it's because I conducted myself like John Travolta walking down the street at the beginning of staying or of uh, Saturday Night Fever and I could hear the Bee Gees playing in the background I had a little strut in my step but it really did open doors that I never knew existed, much less were locked in the first place. And I became popular with the lady. I went out with two straight prom queens. It was uh, not bad in a high school of 1,600 kids. There were 400 in each class, roughly. What, uh, what exactly happened to your hair? It was just, it was just longer, and that was, that was that? Yeah, that was the variable that I could see that was different. But what probably changed was I went from conducting myself and comporting myself. What's the right verb there, <laughs> English guy? I believe it's comporting myself as a loser to comporting myself as a confident guy. And uh, it was good. And it had its bad moments, too, when I 
I, I got to be careful with names because most of my high school friends follow me on Facebook and watch this stupid show. No, so no, you can't. You can't have people in real life who watch this. My mom won't even watch this. There's no way. <laughs> All it takes is one, James, and then it gets put in the McGuanago High School graduating class of 1985 Facebook page, and then I'm through. You know, I've, but I think. Mo- go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your. Thought. Oh, go ahead. I, I think most people know the woes that I went through. I, I probably shouldn't say her last name. Her first and last name, I think I've talked about this on the show, are one word to me and all my friends. Like, if I just referred to you as James Breakwell mm-hmm. rather than James, that kind of thing. She is one word, a two-word, one word. But anyway, her name <laughs> is, uh, I almost said her name was, but she's not deceased, <laughs> Kelly. And I think everybody knows the woe and the misery that I went through, the heartbreak that uh, came along with Kelly. I can't remember if I've told this story or not, but I have because you made fun of me for like two weeks after telling this story. <laughs> that sounds like me. <laughs> I know. That's, uh, you're like, wow, really? Would I do such a horrible thing? Yeah. But uh, she and I went out for four days. We had one date, and that was enough of me for her. And. I sort of uh, chased her for almost a year after that, like trying to get her to go out with me again. And she wanted to be friends. And so I pretended to be okay with being in the friend zone, except she uh, was she started going out with a, a big football player. And I don't mean big in terms of status. I mean stature. And uh, his name was... Uh, I will make up a name for him. We'll just call him Grog, the caveman. (laughs) Anyway, I was over at her house pretending to be her friend. And uh, my car was parked in the driveway and Grog showed up and her parents weren't home. And so in my head, just before he got there, I'm playing the Top Gun theme. Like, I'm going for it today, baby. I'm moving in and this is going to be my kill shot. But no. Grog pulls in, and she went to the window and came back and said, oh, Grog's here. Like, to her, that's no big thing, because I'm just a friend, and Grog's going to be fine with it, but I knew I was going to die. (laughs) And that's what I started doing. I started walking around her house saying, I'm going to die. And she was following me saying, it's not going to be a big deal. And I couldn't get away because Grog had me parked in in her driveway. And my (laughs) I drove my mother's enormous fire engine red station wagon back then there was no mistaking in that small town whose car that was or who was at kelly's house and uh, grog god love him did not kill me and uh, to this day i remain grateful because i wouldn't be here talking to you otherwise i think it's amazing that not, not only did she not consider you a threat but he didn't consider you a threat <laughs> on both <laughs> levels they're like this guy is basically a eunuch you know it's like it's like hanging out with a with a stuffed animal it's not a not a big deal at all i would say <laughs> I rea- a delightfully stuffed animal, by the way. I realize there's not a single teenager on Earth who listens to us. And if there were, if one clicked on this by, by chance, they would not take life advice from either of us. But if I were to give <laughs> advice to this non-existent teenager who doesn't listen to us, it would be don't do the friend zone thing. It's the worst thing that guys do. Like if somebody, what? if a girl is not interested in you, I mean, attraction, I mean, there's something primal there. If they if they put you in the not attracted to you box, don't spend the rest of your life trying to get out of the not attracted to you box. Don't, don't do it. Just move on with your life. You got, you got to value your time 
a little bit. I mean, not only does it almost never work, it's just, it's just pathetic. I mean, look at, you end up then, you end up 40 <laughs> years later on a podcast talking to me. I mean, this is, this is not the way you want to go. Just go out there, shoot your shot, get knocked down and move on with your life to get knocked down a thousand other places. Don't, don't get, I mean, if you get, that's like you get knocked down, you just stay down. You're like, well, I guess I'm dead. I'll just lay here in this box because there's nobody else is even worth being knocked down for. It's just, it's just terrible. That's uh, oh, I, that's easy for the bowling pin to say. Come on. Oh no, you gotta, you gotta move on. That's uh, that, 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 that's no way to go through life. I will say this. I had an epiphany the other day. I used to, uh, I would say. You know, a large part of like, and I got to, you know, I got to succeed online or I got to do something. I got to become something. It's like, cause you know, I can't, I can't be a loser in the eyes of my high school classmates. And I, you know, that was, it was <laughs> deep down. I think there was a bit of motivation there of like, you know, that's, I, uh, you know, I got, I got to prove myself. I can't just have a boring, ordinary life. And the other day I finally had the epiphany that I just don't care at all what any of these people think of me because they don't think of me. They don't remember I exist. Like I was, I graduated in 2003. I graduated 20 years ago, 20 years ago. Yeah. I couldn't, I mean, in my tiny class, I couldn't write you a list of all the people on in my class. It just, uh, I couldn't, uh, you know, uh, if we have a high school reunion, probably 10 of the 60 of us will show up. We'll make awkward small talk and we'll have a few beers and we're mostly just there for the beer. Like it just, it just doesn't matter. <laughs> And uh, so that was that. That was good. That was a big moment for me. I realized that this uh, that this like evaluation criteria I had set up for myself was just was just complete nonsense. And now I am okay. I am I am one step closer to fully embracing my inner mediocrity. <laughs> well, are you Facebook friends? Uh... I realize you're an alias, so I'd, I'd, I'd answer this as carefully as you need to. Are you Facebook friends with any of your old high school classmates? Yeah, I am. And they, I mean, <clears throat> again, we act like I'm some James Bond secret person. I mean, the ones who care, they all, I mean, they, they know what I do online. It's just not impressive to them. And I know what they do, and it's not impressive to me. I mean, the other day, there was one of them. <laughs> And I just, I'm never even on my personal Facebook page. I get everything I know from there secondhand through my wife, who didn't even go to my high school, but she's friends with some of the people from oh, reunions geez. and things. But like I was on there the other day and one of the guys who I thought had the perfect life was all of a sudden on there talking about how perfect his life is with a new woman. And I'm like, wait a minute, Ooh. weren't you married to somebody else? And I had to like scroll back and I couldn't even figure <laughs> it out. I was like, he must've got divorced and then found the new love of his life. And it's like, I didn't even know. Like this was like probably like two or three years of absolute trauma for him. Everything in his life upturned and turned over. And I just, I had no idea. And when it finally showed up to me, it was like a random data point. Like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> you should think about it. It's like, yeah, my life is the same way to these people. So, yeah, so I uh, I, I guess I, that's just one less group of people I need to impress. And it, it, it feels good, Steve. It feels good. I think I just want, <laughs> I want a life where I can get by doing as little as possible. That is that is my goal. I'm not out to impress anybody. I'm not to, out to die rich. I just want to be semi-retired right now. Just kind of squeak by with the minimum effort and then die and be forgotten. I think that is a life well lived. <laughs> well done and done, yeah. the last part. <clears throat> but don't you still find it a little bit satisfying when one of the popular kids likes something you put online? No, it just... Uh, <gasps> like, well, first of all, like... 
popular, it doesn't really mean the same thing when you got 60 kids in your class. Like, I mean, it's a pretty, a pretty small spectrum. And I think one of the guys, probably the most popular guy, he, he was only there for high school and he married one of the popular girls. And I think he's a surgeon and she's like a physician's assistant or something. And they just disappeared from Facebook. Nobody's seen or heard from them since, as far as I know, they're just off the face of the (laughs) earth. So, so good for them ditching all of us. Uh, one, there was one girl who I kid you not, she is married to one of our former teachers. Uh, so take that for what it's worth. They were, they, she was out of school. It was all legal, but, uh, yeah, she's married to our, one of our former teachers. She did not come to the high school reunion. So I, I just don't, I don't know that the bar set real high. Like I went there the other day. So I went back for trivia night and one of my friend's moms was there and says, Oh, I'm reading your book. And it like, that used to make me swell with pride. It's like, yes, I'm somebody. But now I look at it. It's like, yeah, but like, I, I know how many copies that book sold. I know what I got paid for it. Like, I know it's not going to get made into a Netflix series. It's not the, it's not the ego boost that it used to be. I'm, I'm a cold, hard realist these days, Steve. I just, they say that and my head crunch is a spreadsheet. And I'm like, yeah, that one compliment probably wasn't worth the year of my life. I spent writing that book. And then, uh, and then I come back here and talk to you and just embrace that mediocrity again. If there is, if there is mediocrity incarnate, it is this conversation right here with me and you. (laughs) Well, speaking of cold, hard reality, we've got to lay it on our viewer and say, we got to get out of here, man. So until we meet again and hear more stories of soul-crushing humiliation from Breakwell's youth, this is Steve Olivas. Call me the bowling ball for James the Bowling Pin Breakwell saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening. Don't get into the friend zone this week unless she's really worth it at dating someone twice your size with a history of anger problems. Uh, Two wrongs can make a right.